Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am here with my mom, Barb who I sure do hope is going to know best today because we have a big conversation for you all. Hello, mom. Hi, Michelle. Hi. We have a great conversation. I'm loving this living room conversation today. It's going to be really fascinating because we hear a lot about this. And I think it's it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing and it's an important thing. (laughs) And I've been doing, I've been reading a lot in the news and on social media and just reading a lot about this that I think it's where a lot of us get stuck and have certain expectations that are not realistic. So this is going to be a good conversation. Hi, everyone. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. She really is always ready to jump in. There is no small talk that she likes to have. No, I'm not a small talk person. But I am excited to be with you. We, I was out of town and so I haven't sat across the table from you having important life chats in a little bit. Yeah, I haven't seen you. You look great. So do you. Your energy's great. Everything is good. I'm just so happy to be with you. Me too. (laughs) So, and I'm so happy to be with all of you, um, wherever you are listening to this episode. We love you so much. We're so thrilled and grateful for this platform. Yeah. I mean, you matter. We talked so much in our, in our posts on social media and all of that, that as human beings, we all matter, but I hope you all feel how much you matter to us because we, this is the highlight of our week to be sitting here talking to you. So you really do matter. And we love being here with you. Truly. I think that, you know, every week we have roles and responsibilities to, um, to do, but this is always one that we prioritize in a, in a way that is fun because I, my flight getting in from my travels recently was majorly delayed, you know, summer travel woes. I didn't get home until very late. So I've been pretty groggy and kind of out of sorts, but I would not want to miss our conversation today. So we made it happen. Yeah. Excited. Alrighty. Let's dive in, shall we? Um, today's, this week's topic is actually a, um, a listener request. You know, we, we do ask for topic requests and we do read them. So keep sending them in because maybe one day we'll, we'll get to yours. But like you said to mom, this is a topic that is up for a lot of people. It's just a challenging aspect of life to work through. And it's, uh, it's something that really haunts us, I think, in a lot of ways. And, and I just don't, no. don't mean to interrupt, but I think it's so fascinating to me to think about this because I am a perfectionist. Right. And for some reason, I don't know what's happened in society, but more people than not today are 
feeling like they have to get it right all the time and they have to be perfect at it or they have to, it has to just work out. I just feel like we're, we're really as a society, not okay with things not working out or not okay with not, with not getting exactly what we need or not okay with making a wrong decision or just, we're just not okay with being human. Yeah. We're, we're trying to be more, more than just human. And I think today's episode and the conversation we're going to have is we are human beings and we aren't meant to be perfect. We aren't meant to not make mistakes. We're not meant to do any of the things that I think we're trying to do today in life that I'm hoping today will help, if nothing else, be a balm, you know, or a real good uh, salve for everybody to like, wait a minute, let me take stock here of what it is I'm trying to do. Because what I'm trying to do, if it's to be a perfectionist or to not make mistakes or to just get everything right, quote, it's, that's not possible. Yeah. And I have a lot of thoughts about this, as you can imagine. And so I'm really excited to dive into it, but you know, this whole conversation is, is just going to be about accepting the mistakes that we've made in the past, accepting the things that we've done and really releasing the judgment for our mistakes that we've made and just learning to live with our life's mistakes and how, and I think of you all the time when I think about this, but how we can start to not let things that we've done in the past define who we are. Like you always say, nothing has the power to name who you are. And I think that a lot of us let our mistakes define us, shape our lives, name who we are. I will say though, I know that there's a spectrum to mistakes and sometimes consequences to bigger mistakes carry greater weight in our lives and can sometimes really impact how we live our lives. Like, you know, really paying heavy prices for some of our mistakes. So obviously that is a factor, but I do believe I've made a lot of bad mistakes in my life, you know, big, small in between. And even with the consequences and making amends and really doing the work to rectify my mistakes, I don't allow them to name who I am. Yeah. Nothing has the power to name who you are. I love that you're saying this, Michelle, because you and I talk about this all the time. And I think I instilled this in you at a very young age that you are the boss of your own life. And I think the idea that we're never going to make a mistake or that there's something wrong with us if we make a mistake. I love this topic today that we're going to talk about. How can we be okay with making a mistake? How can we think about it as something that's part of human nature and it's part of how we learn and we grow? And one of the things that I read in the past year, maybe year or two, uh, from Sarah Blakely, the Spanx founder, which I love her, by the way. She's just so, so extraordinary. And I, the way she treats her people and the way she runs her business, I just, I really, really, really love her. I don't know her, but I just love the things that she does in her everyday life that's public to all of us that makes me really want to pay attention to some of the things she says. And as a woman billionaire, with this business of Spanx, she says it's important to be willing to make mistakes. The worst thing that can happen is you become memorable. And I just kind of chuckled at that when I first read it, because in my mind, how I got that, because I'm always taking people's thoughts or ideas or quotes, and I'm, I'm translating them for my own self, is that mistakes are valuable information as well. I'm always saying to you, Michelle, and I'm always saying to myself that mistakes show us 
what not to do again. They're important. It's like if we didn't make a mistake, we wouldn't know what works and what doesn't work most of the time. And they show us what to do, what not to do again. And I believe for me, as I work through a mistake, especially as you said, we we have grave mistakes, we have not so great mistakes, and we have we have mistakes all in between. But they encourage us to look for another direction or a source of action. They actually keep us moving forward if we allow it and not get stuck and ruminate about what's wrong with us because we made a mistake because we're not supposed to. That whole idea, oh, we're not supposed to make a mistake, or what's wrong with us, or oh my gosh, this is so awful. So I think the idea that it shows us what not to do again and then helps us look for the other direction. And the other thing that I wanted to say, what I was reading recently, because this has been up for me a lot, how do we, you know, going through this divorce, how do we look at things as being not mistakes, but how do we look at them as being platforms and direction for us to know which way to go and what to do? And I was reading an article and the title of the article was what not to do because you will absolutely fail if you do it. Basically, I'm paraphrasing it because I can't quite remember exactly what it was. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to see this. And what it was basically was don't think that you're not going to make mistakes. Don't think that you're going to be a perfectionist. If you go into business or relationships or anything thinking that you're not going to make mistakes or you have to do it right or that you're not going to, or that you're going to be perfectionist at it, especially I know that I had this opinion decades ago when I was raising you. Oh my gosh, I want to make sure that I raise you right, you know, and not make all the mistakes that I feel like were made when I was a kid. Like if we go into that, we're destined to fail because Mm -hmm. we are human beings. We are going to make mistakes and mistakes can be our greatest teacher. All right. Well, that's all. <laughs> no, I just, Thanks so I'm, re- much. I'm really excited about this topic because I think it's something that I have. I'm excited about it because it's really been something up for me forever being a perfectionist and being someone that can get very down on herself for making a mistake. It's really been a journey for me to learn all these things that I'm talking about today that it, it's actually, a. I don't want to say it's a blessing, you know, we can see that silver lining later after we've made a mistake. But if we can look at it as a teaching, I like to use the word teaching, it can actually help us reframe it and not be so hard on ourselves. And we all deserve that. Well, being hard on ourselves is what keeps you stuck. I just want to say that if you're feeling stuck because you made a mistake, anyone who's listening to this episode today, it's, I believe it's, whenever I've been stuck because I made a mistake or I didn't do it perfectly or it wasn't the right thing to do, it's because I've been hard on myself. What's the matter with you? Are you not smart enough, Barb? Did you not know that if you did this, this would happen? It's just like all that dialogue, that negative chatter that happens in the mind that brings us down and keeps us out of the present moment, understanding, okay, now what's the next, what's the next best step that I can take? It keeps us away from all of that. So if you're in that mode, like I've been in many, many times, really start to think about moving away from that negative self-chatter and looking at, okay, now what can I learn here and do differently? Yeah, I love that. So let's um, rewind a little bit because you brought up- I move fast through it. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I love it because you really brought up so many of the aspects of mistakes and difficulties in life that we want to talk about today, but I, I want to get your thoughts on some things 
you know, that you've mentioned in the beginning and really, I think kind of take us through a little bit of a who, what, where, when, why of mistakes, I think. So, you know, you mentioned at the beginning that somehow in human nature, we have put this upon ourselves that we have to be perfect, that we can't make mistakes, that, and you, and, you know, even beating ourselves up when we do make mistakes. Like, what do you think that that comes from? Because where do you think that mentality as an overarching theme in our society comes from? Because it's not possible to not make mistakes. It's not possible to be perfect. It's not possible to go through a human life unscathed or without making some sort of slip up or mis- misstep. And in that same vein, thinking about, you know, if you really were someone that was like, I'm going to live a mistake-free life and make that your number one intention, you know, would that even be, you know, if you don't, I th- I think of life in duality of like good and bad. You wouldn't know happiness without sadness. And so I think you wouldn't know growth without mistakes. And so the thought of a mistake-free life, while, you know, inherently might seem smooth sailing or happier or easier, it seems very dull and like one-dimensional because it's through mistakes that we can gain information, like you said, and kind of grow into another version, a better version, a more advanced version of ourselves. So all of that being said, like, why do you think we are as a society people who know a truth, but still try to act and believe differently? That is a great question, Michelle. I mean, well, that so, is like, like, why are you a perfectionist? That is a great question. And I think the first, I know the first answer that I would say to you is indoctrination as a young, young, young girl. Right. I grew up in, in, in a particular faith. I grew up, you know, I grew up with this whole idea that if we sin, if I do something wrong, I'm going to get punished or it's wrong. I think that idea of right and wrong, if I do something wrong, I'm going to get punished. And if it's something really, really wrong, I'm going to hell. You know, as I think, and not every one of us grew up like that, but that's certainly how I grew up. Quite a few. I grew up that if we do something wrong, it's bad. I never grew up with, if you do something wrong, let's look at how, what you need to do differently. No one, no one ever, not in school, not in my home life, no one. It wasn't until I got into treatment for bulimia and then I came out into the world and started reading all the different traditions and reading all the things and understanding that I'm human and understanding that I matter that I started to think about, wow, we all make mistakes. Everybody we know makes mistakes. So I think it's an indoctrination and it's a false sense of that we cannot be wrong or something bad is going to happen to us. So as a little girl or a little boy or a little person, we are going to, wow, at, at all costs, I can't make a mistake or I can't do something wrong or I can't, because it's going to be bad. You know, and bad has such a terrible connotation to it, I think, especially as a child, but even as an adult, if we do something bad or we scream at someone or we do something. And I think it filters all the way down from childhood, all the way down to adulthood. That we, And then the people-pleasing aspect of it, we, won't, we don't want to do something wrong. We don't want to do something bad. You know, and not, then you hear people talk about your legacy and who you are. It's just, it's all wrapped up in all the things that 
make us feel like we can't just exactly be who we are. Reputation. Yeah. And make a mistake. And then we can't, that we can never come through it. Uh, It's just, it's very interesting until you actually start to be okay with making a mistake, until you actually start to grasp the concept that we are human and every single human on the planet makes mistakes and does things wrong. And it doesn't make people bad necessarily, but it makes you human. And I think until you start to really get that in the deep part of your core and you start to realize that, okay, wow, if I think that I always have to do things right and I think I have to be a perfectionist, that's what's keeping me stuck. Honestly, that's what's keeping me stagnant, feeling like I have to be a perfect, because if I have to be a perfectionist and do it right, oftentimes it takes me too long to do something. Yeah. I could be just sitting in this procrastination forever or for years or whatever it is. Like with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You've been talking about this for a long time. So I I just feel like until we can start to break, crack open the window a little bit to this idea that we are human and every single person walking the planet makes mistakes and we're no different than anyone else. Until we can start embracing that, then we can start to look at, oh, what do I want to do differently? What isn't okay for me? What isn't okay for human beings? What isn't okay? Am I harming other people? Am I doing things that are not in my best interest or the best interest of others? That's when we start to be loving and kind and really start to try to live our lives with our welfare and the welfare of others being a top priority because we're actually not going to be able to do it perfectly. We are going to make a ton of mistakes. Of course. And I really think that that's an important aspect of this idea of perfectionism is what we were taught as children and what life values and morals we were taught and what we were indoctrinated in. If it was in some sort of religion or belief system that made you feel like making mistakes was wrong. And then subsequently like the scary images of like going to hell or whatever that might be or whatever you were taught. Um, Because that makes so much sense to me. You were raised that way, but I, I mean, I was raised in a religion, but I, I never felt that fear of sinning, I guess, or the fear of like going to hell in like that deep seated way. Um, And so I, I do think that that maybe the viewpoint of mistakes or being perfect, you passed that on and you changed that cycle for me because I, I don't feel that. I changed it for you in that regard that you're not going to hell and that you're not a sinner. But I do think that somehow it passed a little bit on to you because I've, I've seen over the years that you, you're, it's not okay for you to, to, feel bad about something or to feel like you did something wrong or to be blamed. I think that idea of being blamed for something or it's interesting how it can morph into something else, some other way, because it's the way that I was raised. So somehow some little aspect of it probably seeped into your childhood. Cause I've noticed that sometimes you get very concerned if you've done something wrong or that if you, you don't want to be blamed for doing something wrong. So it's interesting how it can look. And that's why I love what you just said, because it, it, it rears its head in, in any different ways. There is no cookie cutter way that perfectionism or making mistakes and not being okay with, with not, with being wrong. And I, I think that part of it is, and as we're having this discussion, that's why I love this podcast so much 
I get new revelations as yeah. you and I talk, even right now in this moment. And one of the things that really came clear to me is, I think it's because we label it bad. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be bad? Who wants to be called a bad person? And so I think we label it bad. If you're blamed, you're bad. If you did something wrong, you're bad. If you made a mistake, you're bad. And I think what I'm trying to say today is if you don't make mistakes and be okay with it, if you stop being so perfectionistic, you're actually going to grow and you're going to actually become little by little the best version of who it is you want to be to begin with. Because perfectionism and not owning the fact that we're human and can make mistakes really stunts our growth. It keeps us from growing. We can't grow unless we learn. We can't grow unless we see, oh, wow, I did this and this is what happened and I'm not okay with it. Let me see what I need to do differently. So I I think it's that idea that, you know, so many people tell us we're stuck and I think that's another podcast request. What do we do when we're stuck? And we may have even already talked about that. This is a huge one. It's been a really, really big one for me. Well, as you were talking, I really realized, I think that you're right. I don't feel that perfectionism, fear of making a mistake in a sense of like that I'm going to damn my soul or, you know, whatever. Those beliefs can be when stemmed from a religion. But I think my perfectionism comes from like a worthiness vein of, you know, if I make a mistake, will I be abandoned or will I be forgotten or will I be left behind or will I be worthy enough to still, you know, do the things I want to do, have the things I want to have and be the person that I want to be. Because I, for some reason, I didn't even think about that in this topic, but I hated getting in trouble as a kid and I still don't like to get in trouble now. And I still don't like to feel that confrontation of doing something wrong. And so I think you, when you're, especially to the person that asked us to talk about this, really starting to think about where does your, um, what is the root of your belief that you can't make mistakes? And does it come from a, you know, a specific indoctrination? Does it come from feeling, you know, unworthy or that you're not enough or like, what is that feeling that it's attached to? Because obviously, as we always talk about, you have to get to the root of, of where these things come from to really understand and like pull it out and, you know, plant it with something new. I love this so much, Michelle, because it also can come from just being reprimanded or told just that one sentence that what you did is unforgivable. Or, I mean, I can think of so many things that were said to me as a child, even if I wasn't indoctrinated into this whole thing that I'm going to hell, what you did is unforgivable or what happened is not okay. You are just an awful person or you're being so bad. You have to really, you're, I love what you just said, really take an inventory and kind of sit with, your, sit with yourself in some quiet time and just ask, why. what's making me feel this way? What did I hear or what do I feel or what do I believe? So I think it's really breaking down the belief systems that we have. We have and asking so if many, it's true. And asking if it's true, exactly. Like, is what I believe true? Because I think that at the end of the day, this idea of not making mistakes, of being perfect, of not being bad, not doing things wrong will absolutely keep us from growing. We will not be able to grow because we can't learn. We're going to be stuck. We're going to feel stuck or we're going to feel like we're this unworthy, bad person 
for longer than we need to, and hopefully not for the whole lifetime that we're here. So the sooner you can really get okay and start really understanding that you're normal, whatever that word means, but people use it all the time. So I'm going to use it. You're normal. You're human. You're doing what all of us are doing. You're not doing anything differently. And that the sooner you can start to learn and start to be okay with that you're normal and you're going to make mistakes and not be perfect and do things that are not okay sometimes is the sooner that you'll learn what to do next that helps propel your life forward. I love it. Because we always say taking that one little baby step forward and we can't take that baby step forward if we're stuck feeling like we're not worthy. Yes, ma'am. Let's take a break. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. I really love this conversation. There's so many layers and aspects of it, but I I love kind of going through the process of mistakes and breaking it down and seeing, okay, what what is the, the point for which this feeds my beliefs about it? And asking yourself, are these beliefs true? And does this align with who I am and what I want in my life? And really reinforcing within yourself that making a mistake or doing something wrong does not change your birthright as a human to live, to live your life that you desire. I really believe that. And there's a Brian Stevenson quote that I love, and he's, you know, someone who does a lot of important work with um, prison reformation, which I'm super passionate about. But he says that each of us is more than the worst thing that we've ever done. And that resonates so much for me because so often the worst thing that we've ever done is what defines us. We make it for ourselves and the people around us or society will make that our definition. And I don't believe that we should be typecast as a certain thing because of one bad decision or two bad decisions. I always believe in like a redemption arc that you can do something wrong. You can do something horrible and take whatever necessary steps to make amends and not making amends for the sake of people thinking that you're a better person, but making amends so that you can go back to living a life that's more aligned with who you are. You know, it can't be so externally focused of how people are going to perceive you. It's how you perceive yourself. Absolutely. I love that so much. And I think it's important to call this out that, you know, some of the most horrific actions that, you know, people take, it doesn't define who they are, but it really matters that they take the steps to correct it and to become back in alignment with who they are as a human being. And I think if it's definitely important to really understand that there are things out there that are so horrific that it's hard to even comprehend, but it's also things are always, we can always move in the right direction. Like you said in Reformation and what Brian Stevenson does, this idea that we can find 
a way to come back onto the path of being a loving, caring human being. We can make amends for what we're doing and become that person that actually all of us came here to be. And that's really caring and loving for ourselves and for others. But we have to do the work. I think that's the biggest thing. We have to do the work. So if you've done something, that means now you're not perfect. None of us are. And now look at what is the work that's being asked of me so that I can come back, as you said, Michelle, so perfectly, beautifully. What is being asked of me to come back into alignment as myself as a loving, caring human being? And I think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes even as simple as the the right answers or the the, the path that we're supposed to be taking is right in front of us but we still don't do it. So it's not like we're even going to, it's not like we're even going to do the right thing, even if we see the right thing. So it's just really, I think it's very insidious that we know sometimes what we need to do, but we don't do it. Well, that perfectly sets us up to the next oh. step in our little process. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Because I agree with you hundred percent that mistakes are those things that expand us and teaches us and allows us to grow. And I really do think if you allow it, I guess I should say that if you constantly are battling your mistakes and making excuses for your mistakes or denying your mistakes, then, you know, maybe that would hinder that growth and make you, you know, kind of stay stagnant and stuck like you were saying. But if you are open to Setting aside the self-judgment and criticism and piling on of making a mistake and open up into what is it trying to teach you? What can I do differently? You know, really it's so much self-reflection that comes from mistakes. And if you really prioritize taking the time to reflect you and allow it, it will make you it'll change your life really in some of the best ways possible. And I think that one of the reasons why maybe we're so hard on mistakes and try to avoid them is because I don't think that there's a way to make a mistake or do something wrong or harm someone or whatever the thing might be without then going through the feelings that come up with understanding that you've made a mistake, which are uncomfortable, um, remorse, sadness, regret, anger, whatever those feelings are. You know, we talk about feelings so often on this show about how we tend to push away feelings and not allow our feelings to come up. But I think as I've been really digesting this conversation while we're having it, Yes, we don't want to make a mistake, but I think even on the same plane of why we try to avoid them is because we do not want to feel those uncomfortable feelings that come from making a mistake. We don't want to feel like we've let someone down. We don't want to feel like we've um, disappointed someone or hurt someone. We don't want to feel um, any of those feelings. And I don't think we want to do the difficult, uncomfortable sometimes truly taxing work of making amends. And so I think too, that's why we think we have to avoid it. Making mistakes. And I, I say this in a way to release the judgment that we have within ourselves. I'm obviously not telling everyone to go do a bunch of bad stuff just to do it. But I do think there's a lot of beauty in making mistakes because you gain so much strength when you 
take accountability for your actions and learn and grow and just let those experiences become a part of you and fuel you to do things differently moving forward. And so even though there's so much uncomfortable stuff that happens when you make a mistake, depending on what has happened or what you need to do to fix it, doing that work of repairing it is always worth it. And it's not easy. You're right. It's really, really not easy. And we're really asking all of you to take a deep dive. You're right into your feelings and into what's happening in your life. And I believe so strongly that we can always right our wrongs, as you said, with amends, with making a thoughtful amend. And that means that we have changed behavior. We have thoughtful action. We really are sitting with our feelings and really digging deep into what it is that we need to do. And so I just want to say one other thing about this, that our humanness is always okay. Like we are human beings. And for me, what that means is if you are really in touch with and connected with and and really thinking about and going deep with your humanness and understanding that you're a human being, for me, what that means is I'm connected to all other human beings. So this may be a little, I don't know, woo-woo for people, but it means that. So it means that I, I truly am a person that doesn't want to harm other people and doesn't want to harm myself. Like we're all in this together. And I just want to say there are, there are personality disorders where there are people that don't feel that way. And so I just want to say that out there. We're not talking about those extreme personality disorders Well, where there are some people that don't have the ability to be able to see that what they've done is wrong or whatever it is. So I don't want you to think like this is a blanket thing that if you just do this, it's going to happen. It's going to happen if you have the awareness. Awareness is key, I believe, in understanding that, wow, I actually made this mistake and it did some harm. Or actually, I really need to make an amend here. What do I need to do? As you were saying, Michelle, and sit with the feeling. What's happening here for me? Because with cha- what we talked about this before, that a apology <sighs> means nothing if there's no change behavior. Didn't I say this to you yesterday? You sure did. So I think it's just, think it's complex. I think it's complex. And if you're listening to this and, and you're falling into the category that Michelle and I are talking about, then then just note it for yourself and don't, think about trying to project this onto other people. Like keep it to your, keep it for yourself. Like how can I, I feel he's stuck or I'm not okay with not being perfect or I'm not okay with making mistakes. Like really think about how this can help you or what we're saying can start the process of moving forward and feeling that you are a worthy, amazing human being and, and, and not feel stuck. Of course, this is all, I mean, everything we talk about is like you're sitting with us on the steps when we were talking about my drinking as a high school kid. It's like you being in our family conversation of what you can do for yourself if you're stuck on your own mistakes. Just like with anything else, you know, you can listen to this hopefully and, and find some pieces of information that can help you and share it. Please share the show with people who you think would love it. Um, but it's not something of course that we can push upon other people, all of us in our own personal development journey, get to where we get on our own time. You know, our timing is our timing, obviously, but this particularly is for people who I think hold on to stuff. Maybe that we don't even know that we're holding on to that really impacts our lives today. And I'm thinking of a situation that you told me about 
Do you know what I'm talking about? No, go oh. ahead. <laughs> no, but you're and right. I, I, think, lo- I love where you're going. I don't think that, I know that you've shared this publicly, so I don't think, but um, I remember you had gone to some sort of workshop or something like that. And a memory of when you were a kid on a playground came back to you that I guess you were mean to a younger kid. I was six or seven years old and there was another little girl there. She was probably three and she was, you know, we, I grew up barely, we barely had enough money to make ends meet. And so we didn't have, you know, good clothes or all the things. I mean, it's so different today, but we didn't have what most people had. And she had, it seemingly, she had kind of less because we lived in a very underserved neighborhood. And so she had even less. I mean, she, I felt so bad for her, but it was interesting what happened to me, even though feeling bad for her, she asked me if we could play. And I said, yes. And she wanted me to push her on the swings. And so I was pushing her on the swings and she started to cry. I want to get off. I want to get off. I want to get off. And I don't know what happened to me in that moment as a six-year-old girl, but I wouldn't let her get off. I kept pushing her and she kept crying more and I kept pushing her more and she kept crying more and I kept pushing her more. And finally I did let her off. And then she went crying home, uh, went running home, uh, went running home to her home. And I remember walking away feeling terrible. Like, how could I have done that? And I, I just pushed it down obviously. And, you know, I had a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff happening in my childhood. So I just pushed it down. I don't know why I was so mean. I don't know why I was so nasty and did not, as you were saying earlier, Michelle, did not want to feel the feelings of what I had just done to this little girl, three-year-old little girl who I loved, who I, who I thought, oh my gosh, let me, let me play with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's my true nature. But then something took over and she started crying and I wouldn't stop. And, you know, it wasn't until decades and decades and decades later in treatment and all the things that one day that came up and I couldn't hardly stand to sit with myself. I could not, I could not sit with the fact that I did that as a six-year-old. And it wasn't until a therapist said to me, Barb, you have to forgive. This has been deep in you for so long. You didn't even know it was in there. And, and she was saying, this is guiding all, yeah. a lot of things inside of you, a lot of the things that you're feeling, a lot of your your worthiness, a lot of your, she said, do you realize how deep seated this was and how emotional this was? Cause I could not, after it came up, I couldn't think of nothing else. I remember this. And I remember beating myself up. Oh my gosh, for months and months and months and months. How could I have done that? And as I say that today now, I almost want to smile, but not in a very sadistic way, but in a way that, what do you mean? How could you have done that? You're human. Like we're all capable of doing things that we can't imagine that we might've done maybe, or that we did that we didn't even realize why we did it or what happened. Like I'm not perfect. I'm not immune from doing mean things or, or saying mean things or acting irrationally or, you know, acting out or whatever it is. So it took a long time for me to really actually sit with the feelings of that. And it was really the most worthwhile journey. I would say it ranks up there, the top five journeys that I've been on on my path that I worked through it thinking, you know what, this could be part of the cog in the wheel that makes you think you have to be perfect and be this human being that's always sweet and nice and caring and loving and doesn't do things like this, makes a little three-year-old cry and then doesn't let her get off the swing. So it's interesting how I think what I want to say about all of that, and thank you for sharing it, Michelle, is 
It's interesting what can be the trigger inside of us that we have no idea. I had no clue and I could have lived the rest of my life not understanding what the heck was going on. No, and you were letting those feelings that I guess you pushed down for so many years um, really define your beliefs about yourself and your ability to be forgiven for stuff. And just, I watched you kind of unpack realizing it and then feeling the feelings and then kind of noticing how it's impacted your life as an adult. And, and that's just one example of something that happened when you were so young, but carrying it and holding on to so much remorse and judgment about a mistake that you made as a kid really impacted subconsciously your life. And thanks for letting us go through that in this show. Well, I think it's important. I appreciate you. You had no idea, I think, until you, I don't know, you did a- In therapy. Yeah. And then- Inner child work or something, right? Well, and once it comes up, you know, you can't push, put, what is it called? You can't put the rabbit back in the box or you can't put the- Whatever it is back in the, I don't even know. Jack back in the box? Whatever, yeah, whatever that that saying is, you can't. So once it comes up for you, I mean, I guess you can push it back down like I did when I was six, but as a person on a a path trying to become the best version of who I am and live my life to my fullest, I couldn't get, so I had to, and it took a long time. It took a really long time. As you said, you watched me go through it. And just to finish it up, what took so long And this is what I want to, hopefully that this will help all of you as you're listening to this. What took so long when I think about as six years old, and I probably didn't even start dealing with this till I was 35, whatever, 40 maybe. What took so long is once I labeled myself as a terrible, bad person, what human being, what person would would not stop the swing and allow a a three-year-old little girl not get off. So once I labeled myself as this is the most horrible thing you could have done, like you, there is no forgiveness. Like I labeled that there is no forgiveness. There is no, okay. No one in the world would hear this story and not blame me quote, or not think that I'm a terrible human being. So I had labeled myself all of those things and then put it in a box inside of me and then tried to live my life. And so I, what I'm hoping that this example can be for everyone is that when you label yourself something and then you put it in a box and that's your life, it takes a long, long time to unpack it. And it took, I don't want that to happen for any of you that are maybe feeling this way. It took me forever to unpack that six to 40, I think, you know, now I'm 66. So it's interesting just to think about how insidious that word that we are unworthy, we are bad. We've done something so horrific that it can't be forgiven. We can't be forgiven and that's why healing and this whole idea of forgiving ourselves is the most important thing that we can do in life. I really believe that. It's I don't know how we can forgive other people before we can forgive ourselves. So if you're you're on a journey of making mistakes and really feeling bad about yourself, start to really little by little unpack what what may, what is it about you that's unforgivable. Yeah, and I think that you even though you had that those situations in your childhood that led you to feeling like you were unforgivable in my life with you as my parent, again, you've kind of broken that cycle because in some of the things that I've done in my life that I labeled to you as things that I thought were unforgivable, you, um, 
opened up the conversation to kind of break that belief immediately when we would talk about it, you know, saying like, no, that's not true. Like, let's work through it. And so I'm just, it's a perfect visual of that. You can break these cycles and these beliefs through your family history because I was so grateful that you didn't pile on when I've made mistakes in my life. You've always been very, you know, as um, you have to make amends or you have to have consequences or responsibilities or do the things that you need to do to, to make things right. But you were never someone that put upon me that now I was a bad person and that I was just, my life was over unforgivable. I don't think you've ever said the word unforgivable. I don't think that I have either. And I think if you can, I think one of the things that made me really remember what you were saying is that if we think of things that are, if we use that word unforgivable, you're right. I don't even, I don't even know since I broke through that and several other things in my life, if I use that word, because all you have, you don't have to look so far in life or in the world. And I know what impacted me traumatically in recent years was the, the tragedy at the Charleston church Hmm. when, when the the person went in and, and shot all those people in that Charleston church while they were praying and while they were doing their, their study. And then listening to the family members of the people in that tragedy that died all the newscast about it and just listening to the family members and just doing a lot of reading on it. And some of the words that the family members said about forgiveness or about how they didn't, they, they, they didn't want to be, I'm going to paraphrase, but they didn't truly want their lives to be caught up in that energy of being all of that and unforgiving. And it was a process for them. It didn't just, doesn't happen obviously like in the instant, but I was remember thinking when I was listening to the family members and I was doing all the reading because I was so obsessed with it because it was so sad for me and it was just so horrific. Like so many things in our world, in our country are horrific. Like it's, it's a normal thing. So if you feel like you've done something unforgivable, you haven't. And it was just so powerful for me because it brought me back to that incident with, with the little girl on the playground and me. And I thought, wow. And this is how I live my life actually. This is how I live my life. It's why I do so much reading about the great teachers and all of those things. This is how I live my life. If they can forgive or they can be thinking these things, what about me? So it's kind of an interesting thing. And I think it's why I use that word humanity in my work and in my own mental dialogue as well. If we can be connected to humanity, it means we are connected to people. I say it again. And it's always okay to be human. And so if you can connect, the more you can connect to others in this way of idea of, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. That idea that we are all one human race, we're all one human race. We're all part of humanity. And if you can be in touch with humanity, I believe you're okay. You can be okay. You can feel like, okay, I got this. Okay. I can take this step forward. I can be okay with myself. Oh, I did this. Now, what do I need to do next? Because the whole thing is, what do I need to do next? You know, it's not like we can just remember it and then move on. We really, okay, what's my next step? There's always, what's the next step if we've made a mistake or we've done harm? And so I think if we got to be able to take the next step, it just can't erase the next step. 
Absolutely. And you took us into the next step. I did? Oh. Well, you have to... I think that mistakes and moving through them is a process. And of course, sitting with the feelings and understanding that you're going to feel uncomfortable with it is obviously a big piece. But then once you've really reflected within yourself and kind of grasped the situation and maybe done any of the personal inventories that you need to do, like what is that next step? That is perfect. I'm so happy you said that because you know what? I just, I'm just chomping at the bit right now because I, I, there's something that I, I, I wanted. I don't want to leave people with, okay, I did this to this little three-year-old girl and now I'm 40, 45, whatever it is. What do I do? I'm not going to try to go back. Possible to try to go back. You don't have to necessarily make amends to the three-year-old little girl. You make amends in how do I treat all children? How mm-hmm. do I treat all human beings? And so what is one of the things that I've done in my life. I started Ronald McDonald Children's Charities of South Florida. I've, I'm a massive advocate for children. And I'm what, I, I remember when I was going through this process of healing from this episode when I was a six-year-old girl, I thought it's really turned me into someone who advocates for children. So I'm saying that to everyone that you don't have to necessarily go make amends to the person if it's not possible. You make amends all along the way, the way you live your life as you go forward. Because once you start to get that, wow, I did something here, I made a mistake here, or I harmed or whatever it is, then you can start to take the next step. And it can be, okay, what what am I being moved to do? I think the next step, you see what the next step could be, what's moving you to do it. And I had no idea. I mean, I did all that and still do all the work for children without even realizing maybe it was connected Mm -hmm. to that six-year-old on the playground with that beautiful little three-year-old girl. And I think that brings up a really interesting part of taking the next step and making amends and moving on and, and also not being like a perfectionist with that because you could have been someone that was like, I cannot move forward until I, I don't know if you even remember her name or until I remember who she is and have a conversation with her and and let her know how sorry I am and that I get her, you know, verbal forgiveness or that she knows that I know what I did was wrong and I, I will not sleep until... I've made this right, like making things right with people. That can be, I think, an aspect of forgiveness and moving on and moving forward. And if you really feel like that's something that you need to do and you know how to do it, see. But I think so often your, like we say a lot, your amends, your apologies are your change behaviors. Obviously, if you need to make an amends to a person, do so. But if it's something that's just not possible, you don't know how to find the person, whatever it might be. That's where I think the legacy piece comes in because you allowed a mistake that was made as a, as a child influence the good work of your life. And so not getting caught up in actually getting the verbal forgiveness from someone or the okay from someone, or, you know, like I said, not making amends or growing or changing or learning or becoming a better person for the sake of the approval of the external world. It's because you want to do it for yourself. I've made a ton of changes in my life based on mistakes that I've made, not because I think anybody thinks that I'll be a better person for it. It actually probably would have been easier if I didn't make some of the changes that I've made, but I knew that I needed to do it for myself. And so just keep on knowing that you're like, this is another aspect to like 
your self-care practice, your um, personal development practice of what do I need to learn? What can I do differently? Because so that I can always feel like I'm living aligned with who I am and what I want and what impact I want to make on the world. Like we talk about in so many of our other episodes. I love what you just said, Michelle. I want to go back to that that piece of making amends. And sometimes we can't find the person or the thing or the episode or whatever it was where we can actually make the direct amend, but we can't be stuck there. And we, I love that so much because when you can do that, when you can actually be okay with still moving through your healing process and making amends in different ways, like not being stuck on, oh my gosh, I have to go do this one thing or I have to do that. You actually let yourself off the hook or you actually, I may be using the wrong words here. You actually let yourself off that when someone doesn't, when you, when someone doesn't apologize to you or someone doesn't make an amends to you for doing some harm to you, you're not so connected to and invested in, I have to have the amends or the apology from this person in order for me to go forward. It really is a, it really is a circle, a beautiful, complete circle that I'm making amends in the only way that I know how for the harm that I've done. And so I can allow the other person possibly to do the same and move on and not be stuck anywhere. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Maybe you could make it sound clearer. <laughs> I don't I, know if it makes I any sense, but it really struck me. it's tying your healing and your forgiveness for yourself and how you're living your life to one specific um, incident or to anyone or, or anything. Or like a, a, you know, a, a notion of forgiveness. Like, let's say you could not move on until you found that little girl, went to her house, found her where she lives. I don't know. Or maybe even if she's still alive, we don't know. But what if you couldn't move on until you went to her house, looked her directly in the eye and said, I just wanted to apologize for what I did however many years ago. I'm so sorry. I hope that you can accept my forgiveness. How long would that, your life would be engulfed in that journey. And maybe some people, I don't know. I'm not but it's that, that was not your journey to do. You did not know how to find her and your life did not need to be wrapped up in, in making that, um, making that your life's mission. Instead, you've taken your lessons and made them into a, a bigger meaning. Um, I just think there's no one path to healing and there's no one way to seek amends. And you know, I think this is also where like having a really, um, having a good therapist or a good counselor who you can kind of go back and forth in these conversations of like what really would provide a sense of closure for a situation like that. And if you are feeling like you need to have like, because sometimes going back to that place where, you know, the the trauma or the the bad thing happened, thinking that it's going to go one way, it could reopen. It could be worse. You don't know. You could reopen wounds. You could be put yourself in a situation where you're just not wanted, or you're maybe not going to get what you're looking for. And I think when we're going through this process of forgiveness and releasing ourselves from mistakes, we need to go through all of the different paths of moving through it and really kind of making a pros and cons or, or what's really the best path for you with whatever mistake that you're trying to work through. And that's why I say having a therapist can really help because mine has helped me really maneuver through all of the things that I've done. And sometimes 
in the past, it was going to the person and saying something. Sometimes it's just making different behaviors. It just depends on the situation and what you're feeling called to do, like truly called. And asking yourself if if the reason that I need to get that verbal in person, I forgive you is just for your own like ego sake of like, they forgave me, you know, really just asking yourself all of the questions because you can make amends and it doesn't need to be in the way that sometimes your mind tricks you into thinking that it does. You know, what just came up for me and I love this so much, Michelle, is that quote from Eckhart Tolle that I, I, that has helped me a lot. And that is any action is often better than no action, especially if you've been stuck in an unhappy situation for a long time. And then he goes on to say, if it is a mistake, at least you learn something, in which case it's no longer a mistake. If you remain stuck, you learn nothing. And so I've, I've really, this quote has been with me for a long, long time because I thought it's exactly what we're saying. There, there is no cookie cutter way to do it. There is no right way to do it. There is no one way to do it. Healing is a myriad of ways. And so we just have to, I love what you said, just sit with yourselves and what does it feel like is right? And who cares what other people think or what society says? Oh, this is what you have to do. And I think some action is better than nothing and being stuck because there's no way we can move forward and live our lives to the extent that we want to live our one precious life, as Mary Oliver says, if we're stuck or if we're not learning something from what happened. Right. I love that. I love that so much. And so it's really, you have to also acknowledge that it happened. You can't push it away or pretend that it didn't happen or kind of deny the reality of a situation and, and just sit with it and allow whatever that mistake is meant to, what role that mistake is meant to have in your life, let it have that role. Otherwise you'll be like I was at six years old, waiting till I was like 45. <laughs> Cause once you push it down, sometimes it's, it takes a really, you know, I'm sure that that led maybe partly to my bulimia a little bit. Um, once you push it down, it's hard to, once you push it down for so long, you don't even remember that it's down there. But, it, but it's down there and it's actually, you know, feeding on all of the things and, and telling you untrue stories about yourself. And I will say too, if, if you're feeling, if this is resonating for you and you're feeling like maybe there is stuff from your childhood that's like on resurfacing, like maybe find a, a counselor or a therapist to like help you unpack it. Because sometimes it's, I mean, I know you were very rocked by remembering these things and sometimes it can be triggering. So just be gentle with yourself and and be in a safe space when you're kind of going through your life and all of the things that have you've done. I think it's, I love you said that. And I think it's also, if you don't have a therapist or that's not possible, you know, having a trusted friend, someone that you know that is very trustworthy, that has earned your trust and, you know, won't invade you or abandon you or that will just listen and will will be that person for you that, can listen to your story and give you unfiltered, uh, unbiased feedback and, or just, just to actually just listen. Sometimes it's just, it really helps me sometimes. A lot of times you and I talk and you just listen or I just listen. We don't necessarily always have feedback for each other. We just listen. Yeah. You know, just getting it out and just listening matters a lot. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. What a great conversation. I just, I want to end my part with a quote from you. Oh, Okay. I love this. You've written this a lot. And I think it, I think it may encapsulate and maybe summarize everything that we've talked about. 
and I love it so much that I have it in my journal. Oh, wow. Um, you say, Michelle Merrill says, mm. as human beings, we will be wrong and we will mess up. It's useless to beat ourselves up for the mistakes we make. This is what trials are meant to do for us. Show us how we can be better, not perfect. Wow. It's beautiful. I don't even remember writing that. Yeah, we're not meant to Thank be you. better. We're meant to be, I mean, we're meant to be better. We're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to be better. You know, just be, become the best version of who it is that we are. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you. For your wisdom and for your presence in my life and for your presence here on this podcast and this episode today. And thank you for you and for always being so open to talking about personal things, vulnerable always. things. Always. <sighs> Safe space. Safe space for us all. Um, and thank you all for listening. I hope that this episode was helpful for any of you who are struggling with this dynamic in life. I mean, certainly I hope you realize that you're not alone. And really it's time to let yourself off the hook from, you know, making mistakes. And just, if nothing else, just knowing that it's simply a part of life. We cannot go through life without, you know, Messing up. Messing up. Thank you, Mom. And um, thank you, everyone. If you are loving this podcast, which we hope that you are, please make sure that you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, so that you never miss a new episode. And again, if you're loving the show, please share it with your friends or your loved ones or your coworkers. I can't tell you how many times we get messages on social media being like, oh my God, I had no idea you had a podcast. So we're still getting the word out. So please share the love if you feel called to do so. And if you want to support the show um, in that way, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify and leaving a review is also so helpful and so appreciated. If you'd like to stay in touch with us or send us potential podcast topics, please stay connected to us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. That's the best way to do so. And lastly, we still have some Barb Knows Best merch available through the link in the show notes. There are some cute styles. We're also working on some other fun things that'll be available in the near future. So stay connected there. And we will chat with you next week. Thanks so much again, because we know Barb knows best. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.